0: Hello, and welcome to Stuff TV. I'm your host, Nick Uzar, And I started this channel because I was curious how my very existence impacts the planet. And I found it really hard to find answers. So I decided to do something about it and talk to amazing thought leaders to help enlighten us. Today, I'm really excited to have Ryan Metzger, the CEO and founder of Ridwell here with us. I'm a big Rid- Ridwell user. I love it. I'm a big fan of the business. And with that, uh, Ryan, uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and your company?
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Nick. It's great to be here on, I think it's episode two of Stuff TV, so
0: yeah, to be yeah. An, we, we, an
1: early, early guest. Uh, so as, as you mentioned, I'm the, the founder and CEO of Ridwell. Uh, we are a way for people to get rid of stuff in ways that are good for the environment and communities around them. So what we do is we find gaps that exist in your traditional recycling services, uh, and we fill those gaps. So we pick up categories like plastic film and batteries and light bulbs and clothing and shoes, Christmas lights, styrofoam. The list goes on and on. We pick those up from you uh, from your porch uh, every two weeks.
0: Yeah, and 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 remind remind me how you started this this business.
1: Yeah, it wasn't intentional, and and you probably have an offer up founding story as well that that may ring true to this as well. But just solving my own family's challenges, which was accumulation of stuff, which is why it's great to be on stuff tv um, and and not really having a good way to get rid of it in ways that were true to our values so my family you know consists of two working parents and and two fairly young kids and so we accumulated lots of stuff and we would put it in a basement room uh just kind of out of sight out of mind So when we could get around to taking the styrofoam 45 minutes south of us when we could get around to taking the clothes to goodwill that kind of thing and discovered that was really hard it it takes a lot of research it takes a lot of time takes a lot of trips And so what I did with my son, Owen, who at the time was six, is we would pick a category, start small. Uh, I think that's something I encourage entrepreneurs all the time, start small, solve a problem. And so we would pick a category every every weekend. We would learn together what happens to styrofoam if you recycle it instead of throw it in the garbage. And then we would uh, offer to pick up from neighbors on the way. Why just take our one block of styrofoam when we could fill up our car and and do that? Um, And that was just a little project we did and and it really caught on. I, I live in a neighborhood in Seattle And uh, before too long, we had thousands of people that were on our little waiting list of of people to to pick up from. So it was was great to see that. We found that our need was not alone. We were not alone in our desire to to keep things from landfills. We saw that it was uh, fairly popular in our community. And then we saw that there was no one else doing anything about it and kind of felt a sense of urgency to to do something like this at scale and and make a big difference in the world.
0: You know, I was prepping for our our conversation and digging into some stats because I think some of the things that I, I know I feel is trying to personalize my impact. I'm most curious, yeah. I'm like what is my impact? And so, an interesting stat I came across was the the average amount of waste we will produce in our lifetime, and it's way bigger than you think. So, it's 128,000 pounds per person. Mm. Yeah, which is mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. So, if you look at the average life and expectancy in the U.S., 74 years old times the number of people in the U S times 128,000, you get to like 42 trillion pounds of waste. And I think it just, you know, I think most people, you know, it's kind of out of sight and out of mind. And that's why I love using your service because I didn't realize how much I was throwing in a landfill until until I started using Ridwell because there's that subset of things that you can, that you guys take that you realize how much of it you actually have. And I think a lot of people also believe that, recycling is, you know, I'm putting stuff in the recycling bin and it's great. And it's all getting recycled. It's only like 9%, like the vast majority of things don't get recycled. So I think these are just interesting things that people need to just sometimes just have that, that perspective. And so I, I'd be curious, maybe just, you know, digging in a little bit more on on your business, like maybe just kind of walk through the process and and and, and how it works.
1: Yeah. I, I think, you know, you hit on a lot of the stats that were an inspiration to us too. Um, and so we, look, we looked at those, two and, and found how can we fill the gaps that are there. And, and you know, I, Owen and I, when we were doing our thing, we visited recycling centers. We visited a landfill. We saw all that stuff up close and really saw from that that there are items that people have in their home that just don't work in that traditional system. And so our service is really around finding a new way of getting rid of stuff in a new system of sorts that can keep them from landfills and make sure they get a a second life and and beyond. Um, So how how it works is we give people bags uh, like this one here and you as a a customer and remember, know that plastic film is is one that gets used often. And so this lets people pre-sort, which is really important. Uh, Traditional recycling, you mix it all in one bin, maybe two depending on the city you're in. And so we give people bags to sort. So it's all kept with that same category. Um, And so we have five a week typically that we let people uh, use different bags that they they fill. Then we have a bin on people's porch. Uh, You let us know you want to pick up and then we come and grab it. And what we do is we pick up your full bag of plastic film and you leave, we leave an empty one in its place. And so you can then do that process again on a, on a, on a bi-weekly schedule. Uh, so that keeping it separate is really important. A lot of what makes things hard to recycle in the traditional system is when it's all mixed together. And so how mm-hmm. can machines and humans and conveyor belts and magnets and all that stuff, how can they get things separate? That's really what's necessary to recycle things and to reuse them, frankly, is to have them separated so they can stay with that same category. And so our members play an increasingly important role in that by doing that pre-sorting, we also then do a lot around transparency and telling the story you mentioned kind of out of sight out of mind that's the antithesis of what we believe and we believe it's around important to tell people where does your plastic film go and so we show you that it goes to tracks to get turned to the decking where do your ba- your batteries go we tell you it goes to the, you know a certain partner in your, in your market so that's really how our, our service works it starts with this pre-sorting we've got a bin that people keep on their porch and we come and get it make it super easy and then hopefully inspirational by telling that story of where everything goes
0: yeah, I really appreciate the bags, to your point, because then I know like, I use the light bulb one, I use the, the battery one, the plastic one, and that's just so easy. I think part of the challenge we have is just a society is, you know, when you think about just manufacturing and how things are built, they're built for a large audience, like a global audience. Uh, but disposal is a local, regional problem. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I was fortunate once I got invited to this dinner with with Bill Clinton at someone's house. And I'm like, I'm so so excited. I get to meet a former president. And, I, and, I, and this is kind of when this is really top of mind for me. And this was the exact question I asked him was, hey, you know, at a government level, why, why, why can't we do something to make it much easier to dispose of waste? Because he was talking about sustainability. Of course, mm-hmm. he rambled on for 10 minutes, like a true politician, <laughs> never answered my hey, question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that, you know, I, I was really just, it's, it's, I have a real, I struggle a lot with what goes where. Uh, because mm-hmm. you can't answer that at a you know national level because it depends where you live. Yeah, like my sister lives in Southern California and she claims everything's all goes to one location. It's all separated out. I don't know. I, you know, I just don't know how it works. I just know that the packaging is really confusing. It seems like there's mm-hmm. got to be a better way for that. So I don't know if you have any thoughts around that. But
1: yeah, packaging has exploded, and you know, you look at charts of. Plastic production, which is a lot of what uh, packaging is made of, is plastics uh, that has gone up tremendously in you know 50 years. There was almost very little of it you know in the 1950s, 60s. So that's gone up, and it became more complex too. Uh, there's something called multilayer plastic that we've been working on, multi-layer plastic rather. That is multiple types of plastic kind of melded together, and that's important because it keeps certain types of food fresher. And so that is really really hard to do for anyone, much less. Uh, you know, the kind of patchwork of rules that happen from city to city and county to county and and stuff like that. So I think, you know, we've really taken a consumer first approach to to Ridwell. We have a member success team that answers questions. You can send them a photo. We just came out with an iOS app where you can see all the details of what we take. We can localize that. And so your version might look different than someone in another city that we operate where there are different categories. Uh, So we're really trying to bring a consumer uh, first approach to it because we know how hard it is. Mm-hmm. um to really understand where things go and we want to kind of modernize the experience in ways that people are used to on the consumption side because on the buy side you have all kinds of options but less innovation has happened on the on the getting rid of stuff side and that's really the role that we're hoping to play
0: yeah and i hope i think people i would love to understand like this part of my mission why i started this channel is just trying to understand my own impact i mean you can't you know I always say in business you can't improve what you can't measure well Absolutely. i don't i don't know what my impact is and i think it's it's awesome that you have an app where hopefully that's part of what you can put in there is like, Hey, did you know you reduced this much CO2? Yep. And that's, that's often something we thought about even at offer up, but like we, we've sold hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars worth of items. And I think part of the reason people love our platform, one is it works, but that's, there's a, I feel good feeling like, Hey, you know, I gave this something, an additional life. Yeah. And so how do we reinforce that? I think that's still, we can still do that a lot, a lot better.
1: Yeah, we um, do in the app. We do show you your impact. So if your house had a pickup of, we'll- you know, Christmas lights and batteries and light bulbs, you know, that all gets totaled up. And so you can see the statistics that your household and then you can uplevel it because we think there's a really strong community element to what we're doing as well. So you can see what did the Seattle region, you know, collect and, and save from landfills. Um, and then you can uplevel it to the Red Bull community at large. And really, really proud that we recently surpassed 10 million pounds of material uh, that was, was saved from landfills, which was a huge you know, milestone for us, starting with, you know, a few pounds of batteries four years ago with Owen to, to get to 10 million pounds. It's been been great to see in the app. It's hopefully a way to inspire people by showing that data.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, I applaud you for doing that regionally too, because I think if you can get enough people talking about your product, like I don't know how you go to market and scale Redwell, but I I forgot how we came across it, but I think it was some friends. But I think it's, yeah you know, if you think about, like I said, I think disposal happens at a regional level and, you know, you can see these trends in cities. I don't know if most people knew this, but in the 50s, uh new york used to dump all of their trash out in the atlantic like mm-hmm. this all changed in the fifties and they were just dumping all the trash in the ocean and then finally i think some city officials said enough is enough we're now going to do this you know on shore every borough basically had their own way of disposing of trash and then ultimately you know new york i think is probably one of the best in terms of removing waste and being pretty efficient in how they do it but they're now at a point uh regionally where they don't even dispose of it. You know, they, they stick it on trains now. They like, they move it to the Carolinas and everything yeah. to deal with, deal with this. Um, Cause part of it, you know, we were trying to figure out like, you know, how do we deal with this and send it overseas to China, but they don't even want it anymore. And so I, you know, again, I, I think as you look at how we deal with these challenges, they're definitely localized.
1: And even in Seattle, the the landfill bound garbage goes to Eastern Oregon or something like that on trains. And, you know, there's not unlimited capacity in those places and there's a, you know, landfill in near Maple Valley. And so I think it's, it's it's, people understand that, see it, you know, see the effects of it. uh, Hopefully that'll lead to some change over time and, and less of it going to those places.
0: Yeah. I think, I think that I was looking at this stat that I found kind of interesting, you know, I've, we basically doubled our planet, uh, the the population of our planet since I was born. So I think in Mm -hmm. November we crossed 8 billion. We were four when I was born but we've nine the amount of <laughs> plastic production. Uh, and, yeah. And so I think that's the, you know, when you think of the just consumption and being able to utilize things and get things faster or things shipped to you, um, you know, another visual I'll have to pull up uh, when I uh, p- published this video was the, uh, the plastic, uh, you know, the uh, patch in the ocean uh, that's floating around. That thing is now twice the size of Texas. That's how big that is. That's yeah. gotten, and it's great to see a lot of companies coming up with those ways to kind of clean that up. But I think what's how a lot of that accumulates in the ocean. It just you know our rivers, our oceans, it just kind of gets washed out to sea, and ultimately just kind of starts to congregate in that in that area there. So I think again, what I think what, what Rid, Ridwell is doing is clearly making an impact uh, uh, for some of that for sure.
1: Yeah, we're trying
0: uh I, I guess what are what are other you know tips or things you can think about that people can maybe think about um you know i think utilizing redwell is cr- clearly a, a great way uh, but i'm t- also thinking about other things like i was just drinking out of my hydroflask for example because i yeah. my family and I, I i think the hard part with sustainability is we're all time value it, it's like oh, i was oh, such a headache you know it's worth my time and this took us a little while to do this but i i we started to talk about it with our kids because, you know, over 570 billion plastic water bottles are actually made mm-hmm. every single year now, and um, you know they were like, "Well, let's just start to reuse them." And so now it's kind of the thing where we have them by the front door when we leave the house. Yeah. Just like getting your shoes on. Where's your water yep. bottle? Uh, so that's that's one thing we try to do. But I'm curious, do you have examples of that? Maybe either your own life or, or things you've learned through Woodwell that could be interesting.
1: Yeah. It's all about habits and, and making it easy. And, and, and we try to do that, you know, at Ridwell and, and also, you know, in our, our family life. And I've, you know, I drink different beverages, but I got my you know, water here as, as you do. And, you know, it's in the afternoon, but sometimes I still need some coffee. And so this is a, you know, reusable cup. And so how do you put those in places, as you mentioned, that, that, you know, you can forget, not forget, and you know, have with you. Uh, oftentimes, like on a backpack I have, I have something called a Chico bag that, you know, has a little carabiner on it. And so if you're out and about and you, get a few things at the neighborhood market, great. You've got a reusable bag with you. Um, so that's, you know, our, our family's about containers and how do we kind of have them on our person when we're at a place that would need one. Um, we've done a little bit of experimentation there at Ridwell too. We, we, we did a, a pilot with Starbucks, another you know, Seattle company where, you know, a cup like this, you could check out from them at the front instead of bring your own. And then people could leave it in, your, in their Ridwell bin and we would make sure it got brought back to them and recirculated. So we're hoping to do a lot more of that because we view the barrier as uh, habits. And, convenience. Yeah. and so uh, our family has, has overcome some of them in some places, not always, uh, but how can the, you know, the Ridwell audience and our, our product and our platform do more of that so uh, those barriers are even lower.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and I forgot how you, you, when you started with Ridwell, you know, you seem to kind of continue to experiment with different kinds of categories over time. Did you start with the plastic, you know, I know that's the big one I have.
1: Yeah, we started with the the four what we call four core so plastic film, clothing, and shoes, which we sometimes call threads, batteries, and light bulbs. And then every two weeks we have something called a featured category, and those are very uh, community and member driven. And so it's campaign yard signs, you know, post election. It's leftover Halloween candy. Uh, it is uh, Christmas light strands that aren't working. Um, portable devices. So we've expanded that one. We've always had that, but the breadth of what we've offered has gone up. What's been really fun to see is as we've been in more areas and had more members. We can start to add categories that we couldn't have done before because a lot of it is volume. Mm. Uh, Prescription bottles we did recently, you know, your orange plastic bottles. Like if if you want to recycle those, you need a truck full, for example. And and so, uh, you know, as we've gotten bigger, we've able to add to what our service is and and there's hopefully a lot more we can add in the future as we continue to grow and expand.
0: That's awesome. The Christmas slide struck a chord with me. So I have a, I stopped doing Christmas lights and I feel like such a curmudgeon, but it was because <laughs> I was so sick and tired of, it was actually the waste. So one year I got, yeah. I was like, I was like Clark Griswold. Like I, one yeah. year I was just, my kids were young and I had the whole house all decked out. And the next year I pulled out a lot of these strands and like, I swear half of them didn't work. And, yep. and I was like, you know, this is just ruining the Christmas spirit for me. Not only do I have to go figure out the bulbs, but I'm like, I just bought a product that is just all twisted up that I'm have to throw on the landfill. And <laughs> yeah. so not now I just, I just just like I put a few lights up and that's kind of, kind of it. And so yeah, I, I think that's the challenge with some of these products that we make for mass production is they uh, how long are they going to last?
1: Indeed. Yep. And well, so, the, the cord is, is recyclable. And so if you happen, if one of those few strands goes out this year, I think that's a featured category in your neighborhood in January. Uh, we always, always a, debate do we do it early? Do we do it late? And so this year we opt to do it late. So we're coming for your life in January. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have a whole
0: box that I, <laughs> that I don't use. So I'll definitely use that go. this time. The, the, the Halloween candy is an interesting one. Like what made yeah, you think of, think of that one?
1: That's a fun one. And, and that's one that Owen and I did in the early days. And that kind of highlights the community impact of what we hope to offer as well. There was an, or, or there is an organization called birthday dreams, which is based in the, in the, in the greater Seattle area. And they plan birthday parties for kids facing homelessness. And so it's people who are are, are having not not the easiest of lives and and, and really they believe as I do that a birthday party is something that can brighten anyone's day. And so what they do is post Halloween, they do a collection of leftover candy. And so they assemble little grab bags for people who would come to uh, kids birthday parties. And so it's a good way to, to to rid yourself of something in your home that you may feel guilty about eating or, or leaving around and have it go to a really good home and then kind of seeing the story of, of the impact that your your candy is having. So they've been a longtime partner of ours and, and one of our favorites.
0: Wow, that's, yeah. So it's always fascinating to hear how businesses evolve. I remember at, at Offer Up, I you know, kind of similar to what you said when you, when you started this, I had a room full of stuff.
1: That yeah. I was turning, turning into my daughter's
0: nursery and it was mostly, you know, vacuums and I don't know, old artwork and a chair or something. And, and I remember the first time, like I saw a car and offer up or a boat, and then it just kind of morphs into all these <laughs> yeah. other things. So, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of fun. I, I, I used to enjoy these little experiments that you run, yeah, uh, you know, cause you never would have thought if you probably didn't think at the beginning, oh, I'm going to get into kids candy or,
1: you know, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> But there's stuff that, you know, others can use in your community. And the, and the closer you can keep it, we found the better, too. So the fact yeah. that that candy goes from, you know, if you're in, in a suburb of Seattle, goes to another suburb of Seattle, like, that's wonderful. Better than, than you know, traveling longer distances um, th- that it might otherwise. So we try to keep things as local as we can, and it's been fun to see that, that play out. Yeah, and, then just, and talk
0: about, it, you know, massive reduction in carbon. Uh, when you have Indeed. things that are local and you mentioned clothing to I me, mean, clothing is a big one. I don't know if most people know, but 10% of all the CO2 emissions on our planet come f- through the manufacturing and distribution of clothing. And, you know, the average t-shirt, the average t-shirt is, uh, 2,700 liters of water, about 30 mm-hmm. bathtubs to make one t-shirt. And yeah. I don't think people mostly think through that. So there's the water aspect, but there's also all the manufacturing and the CO2 associated with it. And then, yeah on top of it now, you know, we're at the, we're at the state now where, uh, 25% of clothing just gets returned. And, and, and I think we're guilty of this too, where, uh, my, my wife just got a, a, a jacket the other day, but she wasn't sure what size it was. So, you know, you, you buy two of them and you return mm-hmm. one. And I think yeah. that's pretty common too. Uh, so cl- clothing is a big one, not only in terms of just manufacturing, but also removing it back to your point. Um, yeah. Because the clothing is not just all cotton anymore. Sometimes plastics are weaved in there and they just, yep. I just think they're hard to decompose. Indeed. Yeah. Lots
1: lots lots more can be done in that category for sure. Uh, I've been a big fan lately. Patagonia has a a, a site on a section of the site called Warm Wear. And it's kind of like, you know, how cars have, you know, certified use where they sort of make sure it's in good condition. And yeah. so that's where I try to buy, you know, most of my stuff. It's used stuff from prior years that they've said this is in like, you know, like new or excellent condition. Um it's a, it's a great way to. To support you know a brand that I believe in that, that has kind of built this reusability cycle into their their, their product
0: that's really interesting there's like there's a company I started uh, connecting with recently called new cycle and what they're building basically is hundred percent recycled clothing from plastics and mm-hmm. they're uh, I don't know if this is public yet they announced something they're doing with Zara and they're doing something with Adidas and the entire outfit is uh, all recycled Uh, so it's kind of interesting to see. I I think the biggest challenges with some of these is clearly kind of the cost benefit, right? Are you able to do that in a, uh, economic, economical way? Um, so it's kind of fascinating. So, uh, you know, so you're in a, quite a few different categories already at Ridwell. What are, what are new ones or what are ones that people come up with that get requested most often?
1: Yeah, you mentioned some of the statistics on on plastic, and so that's what we get a lot of requests on. Uh, One in particular is something that we've been working hard on, and we just ran a pilot in in a few of our markets called multi-layer plastic. And so if you get a Cliff Bar or you get potato chips or something like that, those are often different types of plastic woven together. And that is really, really, really hard to recycle. Uh, we, though, have been scouring the country and figuring out who are the innovators on the cutting edge who can actually recycle that and do it in a, a type of recycling called mechanical recycling. And so we found a few partners. We ran a pilot, uh, like I said, in, in earlier this year, and, and we're really excited to roll that out. It was, it was a huge success. Our members loved it. Um, and we've seen really substantial reduction in their garbage because this is kind of the last frontier that we hadn't offered. Um, but we've been really working hard on and, and have plans to roll that out more broadly in 2023.
0: Wow. That sounds really exciting. So I, I, uh, Ryan, I know you started in Seattle, but where is Ridwell you know, operating uh, today?
1: Yeah, we did start in Seattle four years ago and we've expanded quite far in, in the state of Washington. We go up to Bellingham, we go down to Olympia, we go east to North Bend, we get on ferries. So quite a bit of coverage in the state of Washington. We added Oregon next. And so we're in the Portland metro area. Then we added Denver, Uh, so we're in Denver, Boulder, other parts of the the Colorado kind of front range area. Uh, Then we added Minneapolis, uh, Minneapolis Minneapolis-St. Paul, Twin Cities was our uh, fourth market, then Austin, Texas. And we just recently launched in parts of the Bay Area. So down in in California, we've been there for just a few months and have uh, seen tremendous response from the people down in the Bay Area uh, as, as well.
0: If people are interested in getting Ridwell in their neighborhood, is there a way to go to your website and and start to request Ridwell be there?
1: There, there certainly is. And, and that's the, the key part of where we've operated is where there has been demand and, and community interest. So they can go to our website, ridwell.com. They can enter their email address and zip code if they're in an area we serve that'll tell them that and they could, could sign up there if they're interested. If they're an area that we're not yet in, it'll also give them that information and give them hopefully the tools to share with those around them so we can expand to, to wherever wherever people are. We think there's uh, waste everywhere and it's really on a mission to, to reduce it as, as much as we can.
0: Awesome. Great. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. <laughs> starting this, this journey with me early. It's kind of a startup and a passion of mine. And so we'll see where it goes, but I really uh, appreciate the time and uh, thanks for coming.
1: My pleasure. Happy to be here, Nick. Thank you.
0: Thank you.